Welcome to Spiritual Awakening Radio. Today's program is titled, Glimpses of Samhain, as in Glimpses of Hazur Baba Samhain Singh of Bayas. I'll be sharing some spiritual letters of Samhain Singh to spiritual seekers in the West, as well as initiates or disciples, satsangis, who were affiliated with Huzur Baba Sawan Singh. But first, I want to take a few minutes to let you see through the eyes of Harban's Singh Bedi, an actual glimpse of Sawan Singh. Harban's Singh Bedi is one of the oldest living initiates of Sawan Singh. Hazur Baba Sawan Singh passed on during 1948, and only a few disciples of Sawan Singh are still with us in the world today at the time of this recording. Harbans Singh Bedi is one of those satsangis. A number of years ago, I did a phone interview with him and another individual talking about a book that was published at that time. And during that program, I took the opportunity to ask Harbans Singh Bedi to describe what it was like to attend a satsang back there in the 1940s with Hazur Baba Sawan Singh presiding over that satsang. What was it like to attend a satsang of Sawan Singh? Harbans Singh Bedi. Well, you know, even to think of him uh, is to send a person to a trance. <laughs> he was a person of such noble bearing, awe-inspiring. I have never seen a person with such sublime uh, presence as Azur Maharaj Baba Savan Singh Ji. Even if a person was an initiate, whosoever saw him from a distance, suddenly stood still as to see as to what this marvel was uh, really walking on this earth. I mean, it is uh, something uh, so far as, you know, his mean was concerned and his uh, appearance was concerned. He was something quite unique. I think his uh, handsomeness and his bearing is unparalleled. I remember Hazur Maharaj uh, Kripal Singh having made a comment that even if he saw Hazur's turban's corner in a crowd, you know, it will uh, induce in him a feeling of ecstasy. <laughs> Now, what can I, a person who is really not very well up in spirituality, can say about him? But I know we would be in his presence. We dare not raise our eyes to meet his eyes. He was so sort of, appears to be, you know, really, even though the phrase has become very commonplace, but appear to be like a divine person, person walking on earth. You could feel it all around him. He had a radiance and a fulgence, the like of which I have never before, though I have had glimpses of this, but I being his initiate, you know, really think he was something, you know, spirituality incarnate. What can I say? I have a picture hanging on my wall, <laughs> and it was uh, based on actually a, a book, a, the cover of a book where he is uh, sitting in front of a microphone. I think it's called Call of the Great Master. I think that's the name of the book. And he has such a radiant smile. I don't think I've seen quite that kind of smile before. It just lights up the room. He's in 
laughter was infectious. He used to, you know, weave into his satsang talks because he used to speak to a very diverse audience. His audience comprised of people who are very high up in uh, profession. They may be judges, they may be professors, but amongst them will be illiterate persons, men and women coming from villages. But his appeal will be the same to everybody. And his talk was so sort of penetrating and he would weave into the talk to make it more understandable to the ordinary man various uh, anecdotes. And some of them were, you know, very humorous. And when he would laugh, his laughter was something, you know, people say that as if the whole universe is laughing. <laughs> he, was, he was not a sort of a, a saint who would be pessimistic or uh, talking about the hellfire or about the miseries of life. It was, you know, he would, uh, his laugh would, you know, give you a feeling of joy a kind of a supernatural joy and it was a very radiant love. Harbans Singh Bedi giving us his own glimpse of the great master of Bayas, Huzur Baba Sewan Singh. letters of Sawan Singh from spiritual gems, some foreign correspondence between Sawan Singh and spiritual seekers as well as satsangi devotees in the western world. I am much pleased with the spirit shown in your letter. It is the spirit of a true disciple and you shall not go unrewarded and unblessed. But your diligent search for the light or spiritual light must bring you to realization in the proper time. Everything has its time and place, and this cannot be changed with advantage to all concerned. You ask why so many hindrances when one is trying so hard to advance spiritually, why so many things thrust themselves in to interfere with our best efforts to rise spiritually? There is but one answer. The darker negative powers which manage most world affairs do not wish any soul to contact a sought guru who can deliver that soul from the regions of the negative power. He wishes to keep everyone here. And although the negative power is under the supreme power yet within his own territory, he has a certain degree of discretionary power. It is only when a soul comes in contact with a saint or true Satguru that he is assured of his complete deliverance from the regions of the negative powers. Of course, those powers will do all they can to keep a soul away from the Satguru, but in that effort the negative powers cannot succeed if one keeps his mind steadfast upon the Guru and persists in his determination to come to the Master. If he does that, there is no power in the universe which can keep him away from the Master. And when he is once initiated by the Guru, or even before that, when he has once entrusted his life to the Master, then and after that, the negative power has no more ability to defeat his own efforts towards spiritual liberation. He must succeed. A temporary delay like this is no real delay in your spiritual advance. 
because if you have placed your destiny in the hands of the Master, He will and must take care of you until the day of your complete and perfect deliverance. Diet and Culture Meats, eggs, and alcoholic drinks are prohibited, says Hazur Baba Sawan Singh. The real Santmat, or the teachings of the saints and the system of yoga which they follow, is distinct and individual, and it consists of a definite method of going inside of the kingdom of heaven and taking possession of that kingdom. And this is a universal science. It is adaptable to all peoples and all lands and has absolutely nothing to do with climate or particular condition of any country or people. This much I would strongly emphasize. If one understands where and how to find the protein-bearing foods among vegetables and grains and fruits, he will never have any need whatsoever for meats or eggs. Zur Baba Sawan Singh's Convenient Method or Jyoti Meditation, an introductory meditation instruction from Sawan Singh. Hazura Baba Sawan Singh writes, As to any exercises which might help you until the time of your initiation, I can only suggest at this time that you may sit in meditation in a quiet place like your own bedroom or some room as secluded as possible, and with spine and body erect in a comfortable position, fix all the attention at the center, just back of the two eyes, and slowly repeat the word, Radhaswami, fixing the mind on the Supreme Being, who is your Supreme Father. commentary. What I just read was an introductory meditation for those not initiated yet into the full and complete practice. Samwan Singh was advising someone to begin this introductory or interim practice consisting of sitting in a secluded, quiet place and for a brief period each day practicing this introductory form of meditation. A secluded quiet spot with spine and body erect. You'll find that when you have a good posture that it really helps you to stay focused and awake and alert. Spine and body erect but also comfortable in a position that you can maintain in other words for the duration of your meditation sit without any need to fidget or no pain in other words anywhere developing in your body a posture that you can maintain for the duration of your meditation sit he says fix all the attention at the center just back of the two eyes this is of course referring to the third eye center one sits with their eyes closed gazing into the darkness lying in front of them. 
And as they are doing that, gazing into the darkness or into the light, whatever the case may be, they slowly repeat the word Radhaswami, 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 Radhaswami. The term Radhaswami means Lord of the Soul or Soul Lord and is a name for God. A name for the true God, not a presiding deity of a certain level, or a projection, or hypostasis, or emanation, nothing like that. It is a name for the true God, the ultimate reality at the highest plane of consciousness, the eighth level. Anami Radhaswami, the Lord of the Soul, the Supreme Being, the Formless One, the Ocean of Love and All Consciousness. Now here he does not say if one chants the name Radhaswami out loud or is mentally repeating the name Radhaswami. So that's subject to interpretation to some extent. But he is saying, slowly repeat the word Radhaswami while gazing into the darkness with eyes closed, focusing at the third eye center as an act of worship, as an act of devotion, fixing the mind on the Supreme Being who is your Supreme Father, says Huzur Baba Samwan Singh in his introductory meditation instructions for seekers seeking to begin their spiritual practice. What a great practice that is. Sawan Singh's introductory meditation practice, he doesn't say anything about how long to meditate. Obviously, someone who is an initiate of Satmat is advised to meditate for long periods each day. But new people who are just experimenting, just learning about meditation, receiving an introductory meditation like that, are certainly not encouraged to meditate for long periods of time, maybe a half hour, maybe less than that. I was reading in a Dial Bog Radhaswami publication from Agra the other day describing their version of that introductory meditation for those not yet initiated and in that document it was saying sit and focus at the third eye center repeating the name Radhaswami for 10 minutes that's what they were saying I just thought I'd pass that along as to the time of this introductory meditation practice Azur Baba Sawan Singh writes, I have received your letter dated October 3rd, asking for initiation. Dr. Johnson, referring to Julian Johnson, author of Path of the Masters, Dr. Johnson and Dr. Brock both have recommended you. There are others, too, in California who are interested in this system. I am asking the Brocks if they can go south and arrange to give the initiation. Mrs. Brock has not been keeping fit for some time, but she is improving. 
On her recovery, I hope Dr. Brock will be able to undertake the journey and give you the instructions. Meanwhile, I would request you continue the study of the books and whenever opportunity offers to consult with Dr. Johnson. It is better to have a clearer idea of the system and to grasp thoroughly what it aims at. It aims at the union of the individual soul with its source by freeing it from the combination of mind and matter, which combination has held it separate and apart from its source. No one can say for how long or ever since the creation started. That separation has been the cause of its miseries and wanderings in various forms of creation. It has been longing for peace, but has not found it so far. The way of peace lies within. Within us lies the royal word, the sound current, which mystics have called by various names, but which means the same thing. Everybody has to go within himself to attain that peace. The worldly objects do not satisfy desire very long. Today we want this thing, but tomorrow that thing has lost its charm and we want something else. Whatever we see with our eyes here is transitory and is subject to change. Thus it is clear that a changing state of affairs cannot bring it permanent peace. In a state of change, struggle is the rule. Man has the capacity to detach himself from the world and its objects. We are detached from it daily when we go to sleep. In shorter periods, we get detached frequently. When we give up one thought and take up another, we have passed through the state of detachment. Only the duration was small. This duration can be prolonged at will. Of course, this requires practice. When the attention can be detached from one side, it should also be possible to attach it to something else. The Radhaswami practice lies in detaching the mind from external objects and attaching it to what lies within, and then catching the sound current and traveling upon it. This current connects the individual with its source. This practice does not interfere with any normal routine of life. There are no rituals or customs. One has to deal with himself, says Huzur Baba Sawan Singh. Just one comment. Spirituality is people. Hazur Baba Sawan Singh was saying, until the arrangements can be made for your initiation, be in touch with a more advanced initiate on the path and get clearer on the teachings. Get some clarity about the teachings of Santmat by corresponding, in this case, with Dr. Julian Johnson. Wouldn't that be amazing to be corresponding with Dr. Julian Johnson, the legendary satsangi and author of the book Path of the Masters? There is also an unpublished sequel of Path of the Masters and some other books, too. It's great to be able to be in touch with other satsangis on the path and at least uh, have some conversations with them. You know, maybe not every week, maybe not every day, maybe not an email every day of the week or chat, but 
those encounters are very helpful to the spiritual seeker to get clarity about the teachings of the masters. So, yes, books are wonderful, but spirituality is people. The living master has a spiritual charge and communicates that, is the one who guides the disciple into the meditation practice. And there are books that one can read, and that provides a level of satsang. But it's also wonderful to communicate with others on the path from time to time, and that can be very helpful as well. Over the years, I've had some wonderful conversations and communications with others on the path that made a huge difference. Spirituality is people. You're hearing Spiritual Awakening Radio. My name is James Bean. After the break, more letters, more spiritual gems, more glimpses of Hazur Baba, Sawan Singh. Back to today's Satsang edition of Spiritual Awakening Radio, titled Glimpses of Sawan Singh. Before the break, I was talking about how spirituality is people and immediately got a sense that some were wanting me to go into further detail and explanation about that, going into that a bit further, defining that a bit more clearly. So, okay, I will. Spirituality is people. We are influenced by the company that we keep, and that includes in subtle ways, non-verbal communications and influences and spiritual charges. Mental radio waves, if you will. Spiritual emanations. Especially when it comes to inner light and sound meditation we can be accelerated further along by associating with others on the spiritual path. If you attend a satsang at someone's house and those there are experiencers of inner light and sound and you meditate with them or even have tea with them even, you may find that that world of inner light and sound opens up for you faster. That you'll notice for some strange reason, perhaps not a coincidence, that your own meditations start improving. In the Sant tradition, there is the practice of satsang. It might be a daily satsang if it's near an ashram, an early morning satsang that begins at 3 a.m., or early morning meditation. Or a weekly satsang. People who live a little further away from a satsang might only go occasionally once a month or once a week or a couple times a month. It all depends on how close you are, of course. Attending a satsang is a great idea. A satsang meetup where readings and videos where the focus is the teachings of the masters in the words of the masters primarily. Depending on the policy of the group, there might be a group meditation. And depending on 
the policy of the group that group meditation might be open to non-initiate spiritual seekers, or it might be a group meditation for initiates only. You'll find both of those being practiced. Both policies are out there. And you'll notice positive effects if you attend a satsang. I've even noticed positive effects, positive upliftment of my own meditation just by talking to a satsangi on the phone. You just never know. Picking up a book could help to some degree, but really, corresponding with others or associating with others on the path does does help, does have some kind of influence in ways that we cannot quite always define where two or three are gathered in my name there I am in their midst where two or three are gathered in my name there I am in their midst we are influenced by the company we keep not only on a verbal or conscious level but in other ways too So, correspondence, communications with a satsangi, a disciple, an initiate, attending a satsang, whatever we can manage to make happen. Now, some live further away from satsangs and ashrams, of course. The occasional spiritual retreat weekend can be an efficient use of one's time to travel a further distance and attend a three-day weekend Friday evening through Sunday afternoon spiritual retreat somewhere where you have densely packed several satsangs and several group meditations and Q&A sessions and perhaps videos and some great vegan or vegetarian food. That's an efficient use of one's time. It's like six months of satsangs packed into one weekend, or it seems that way. That's another solution. And of course, the ultimate example of being influenced by the company we keep is to receive initiation into inner light and sound meditation at the feet of a living master. The ultimate example of that spiritual charge and transference and catalyst or opening to the worlds of within by associating with someone who is a co-worker in the divine plan. Spirituality is people. The power of attention. The word is surat in the teachings of the masters, surat, the attention faculty of the soul. Attention creates the door. Attention is the means of transportation within. Attention is everything. Sawan Singh, you also ask for the method I worked out for myself during my own early experiences. In regard to that, I may say that I never worked out any method for myself. I took instructions from my own master, and he gave me the exact method. That method is the same as all saints use, which is simply the concentrated attention held firmly at the given center, or third eye center in other words. Hazur Baba Sawan Singh, 
What else can one say? It is all a matter of unwavering attention. Every ray of attention must be centered there and held there. If one strays away for a time, one has lost the advantage. It may be said safely that if any earnest student should hold his attention fully upon the given center for three hours without wavering, he must go inside, go within. But that is not so easy without long practice. However, by and by the mind becomes accustomed to staying in the center. It rebels less and less and finally yields to the demand to hold to the center. Then your victory is won. Before that, the mind will not remain still for a long time. It jumps around like a monkey. But after a time, it will give in and settle down. It is a matter of will to hold to the center and not to forget nor allow the attention to go off after some other thought or experiences. One easily forgets and then the mind drops down. A keenly awakened intelligence must hold to the center, steadily, every moment. If any thought enters the consciousness, jerk the mind back to the center and hold it there. Make the spirit instead of the mind, the commander of the situation. The mind is tricky and will run out if permitted. Conquer it, but to conquer it is not easy, of course, and it takes time. The problem is not complicated at all. The whole thing is just attention, and then unbroken attention at the eye center, allowing no other thought to intrude itself into the consciousness and lead you away from the center. Hazur Baba Sawan Singh on the power of attention at the third eye center that makes Search Shab Yoga or Inner Light and Sound Meditation a successful practice. You're hearing Spiritual Awakening Radio. More letters from Sawan Singh from Spiritual Gems after this break. of Sawan Singh, Huzur Baba Sawan Singh, the great master of Bayas, today on Spiritual Awakening Radio. Huzur Baba Sawan Singh, in his Spiritual Gems, his collection of spiritual letters to spiritual seekers and initiate disciples in the Western world, describes a central teaching of the path of the masters, Sant Mat. The practice of Surat Shabd Yoga is based on the attention faculty of the soul, the power of attention. Attention is everything with this form of meditation. Attention at the third eye center gets you to the door and gets you within. He says the whole thing is just attention and then unbroken attention at the eye center, allowing no other thought to intrude itself into the consciousness and lead you away from the center. This was the method by which I won my way inside, and it is the method by which you must win your way. 
It is the old method of all saints. The repetition of the names is to help in holding the mind at the eye center. That is the value of the names. Whatever goes with the names is a thing to hold the thought in the center. If we think intently of a place during the day but not at the time of Bajan and Simran, we form a sort of mental picture of that place, of what is there, of its ruling spirit or power. And then as we continue, we begin to desire to go toward that center. We must enter it if we persist. All the powers of the spirit, the real Atma in man, gather at the focus by means of this concentrated thought and then by means of accumulated force through Bhajan and Simran, we break through the curtain and enter the light. Just providing a couple of footnotes here, Bhajan and Simran Bhajan is meditation upon the inner sound, listening for the inner sound, so transcendental hearing and hearing the inner sound current or audible life stream, the sound that comes from beyond the silence in meditation. And Simran is the practice of mentally repeating various names of God while focused at the third eye with full attention. Simran is the repetition of a sacred name or sacred names. Atma is referring to the real self or the spirit. Atma. More from Hazur Baba Sawan Singh's letters pertaining to meditation practice. Sawan Singh, you should not try to listen to the sound current at the same time as you repeat the names. Do the repetition first for about two-thirds of the time set for your meditation period, and then direct your attention to listening for or to the sound. One thing at a time, that is best. Sawan Singh about dreams. If in dreams or while in devotion you come across a fearful sight which causes terror, begin to repeat the five holy names and all fear will vanish at once. Nothing evil can stand before the holy names. This is a very important principle in the Sant tradition. Just commenting here. The repetition of the names, of course, is done during the meditation practice of Surat Chabd Yoga meditation, inner light and sound meditation. But Simran is a spiritual exercise which is to be done at other times too, whenever we can, throughout the day and in the evening, whenever we need to recenter, to refocus. We always go back to the repetition, the mental repetition of the names as often as we can throughout the day and evening to spiritualize life. So it's very holistic, actually. It's spiritualizing life. The waking state of consciousness can be blessed with Simran breaks. One can spiritualize life to bring 
the spirit into the world, into the workaday world, whenever you can. It's an opportunity to recenter. And it is a form of spiritual protection as well. And it's weird how that can work. Strange things start going on. You, you sense a, a, an uneasiness or you have a, a need to defend yourself in some way. You can recenter. You can refocus by the, re, the repetition, the repeating of your sacred names. The practice of Simran. The word Simran actually means remembrance, as in remembering God by repeating his names. It's a very spiritual practice and a very powerful one, which can bless your day as well as bless your meditation. And in fact, if you repeat the names as often as possible and do this spiritual exercise of Simran, the Sufis call it Zikr, others have similar practices. The Eastern Orthodox have something called the Prayer of the Name. Whenever you repeat your sacred words, the sacred names of God, or charged names, this helps you to recenter and refocus. And so when you get to your meditation, it's not so much a, a, a kind of trying to catch up and break even at the end of your meditation, uh, but making further progress, making greater ascension. So if you are in the habit of practicing Simran, your meditations will go better, sooner, faster. You'll be more focused and go further within in a shorter period of time and will get to the light sooner since you've already had a certain degree of spiritual practice, practicing the presence of God as a part of your daily life or routine. It's a helpful practice. Simran is not just for meditation, but is a spiritual technique to be done as often as possible during the day and night, whenever you can. Stay tuned for more Spiritual Awakening Radio coming up. Glimpses of Hazur Baba Sawan Singh today on Spiritual Awakening Radio. This is from Spiritual Gems. The journey lies through the astral, mental, and spiritual regions. The sound current not only connects these, but makes these regions. They are its offshoots. If a soul were to stick to the sound current, and not look aside or go off the current, and were to leave behind the memory of this world, there is no power that can keep it here for a second, or that can stop it on the way. The memory of this world pulls it down and keeps it down, and the scenery of the inner regions throws it off the current. So long as the mind is filled with me and mine, my wife, my sons, my daughters, my property, my honor, my wealth, my country, my nation, my wisdom, and so forth, it cannot pass through the narrow way. To make the mind go through this narrow way is to bring it up before 
the narrow gateway and make it struggle and force its way. By actual struggle and experience, it will very soon learn what keeps it from going in. Only then will it feel the superfluidity of what it is carrying with itself and, as a necessity, will have to shed it. Then it becomes light and humble and will pass through the narrow way very easily. At present, the mind is active in this world, making it its connections with it through the organs of the senses, and if we try to hold it at the center of concentration above the eyes, the third eye center, we fail because the memory of me and mine pulls it out again. How long will it take to wipe off this memory at will? Depends on its past history or karma, but just as we have learned other things by practice, we can by practice train the mind to this new habit. When it has made its way through the gate, it will be able to catch the current and the guide will be there inside the gate to lead on. The only load we need carry is the implicit faith in the guide and the intense longing to reach the other end. All else is superficial and non-essential. This world is the plane of struggle. There has never been peace here, nor will there ever be. Problems of today give place to problems of tomorrow. In a place where mind and matter are active, there can never be peace. Sorrows and wars of nations or communities or individuals shall continue. The soul must seek other planes to find peace. To find peace is the business of the individual. Everybody has to seek it within himself. Hazur Baba Sawan Singh the book Spiritual Gems describing the meditation practice focused concentration focused attention at the third eye center and sounding very much like Meister Eckhart advocating that during the meditation we put aside all outer thoughts and memories and impressions just drop those have a break, a Sabbath rest from the creation in order to know the Creator, in order to transcend mind and matter. It reminds me a lot of Meister Eckhart, who often said something along those lines about taking a, a break from thoughts and memories, impressions of the outside world in order to know God within. It's a radical thing, isn't it? You hear about in physics that the observer has the ability to alter the behavior of the particle being observed. I really think about that sometimes in association with Surat Shabd Yoga Meditation. Here we are, deliberately trying to be observers, focusing our attention within, gazing at the inner light and sound. The definition of a Surat Shabd Yoga practitioner is an observer, one who is observing the inner light, the one who is observing the inner sound. 
I wonder about that sometimes and think, what a radical practice this is, perhaps in ways we do not quite comprehend yet. In particle physics, the particle is altered. Its behavior is changed based on whether it is being observed or not. And here we are deliberately trying to mess with our own personal space-time continuum in Surat Shab Yoga Meditation. How radical a thing that really is. Does it alter reality? I sometimes wonder about that too, but I do know this. It alters our relationship to the outside world, and it alters our relationship to the world within. Thank you for joining me today on Spiritual Awakening Radio. The book Spiritual Gems by Samwan Singh, the letters of Hazur Baba Samwan Singh, the great master, are online these days. This book is online. Spiritual Gems is an online ebook. I can send you a link to it if you like. If you have questions or comments, feel free feel free to uh Feel free to get in touch with me. My email address is james at spiritualawakeningradio.com or send me a text message at this number, 508-603-9381. 508-603-9381 or james at spiritualawakeningradio.com. Visit my website, spiritualawakeningradio.com. See you again next week at this same time for another edition of Spiritual Awakening Radio.